Hello and welcome to another episode of Virtual Legality. I'm your host, Richard Hogue, managing member of the Hogue Law Business Law Firm of Northville, Michigan. And we are once again ready to dive into the muck and mire of YouTube at large. This time talking about penalties, demonetization to very popular YouTubers who didn't expect any of this to happen. With that as our background, we look at a tweet that was put up by Keenstar, a very, very popular, very famous YouTuber of which I have to admit, I was not familiar before joining the YouTube landscape and having people ask me about this particular issue. And he put up a tweet yesterday that said, I am sorry, YouTube, for a series of videos, a beef, an argument, a sponsorship apocalypse, whatever you might want to call it, on YouTube that resulted in all this trouble between him and another famous YouTuber called, uh, I believe it's Ethan Klein at H3H3 Productions, who had a lawsuit, which is one of the things that we have discussed in virtual legality in the past. But suffice it to say, he says, I am sorry for what he did. And he admits that YouTube is going to penalize him by demonetizing him for a couple of weeks. They're going to eliminate him from the partnership program. He's not going to be allowed to run ads. He's not going to make money for himself. But from our perspective, what's even more important, he's not going to make money for YouTube, which evinces a certain amount of seriousness on the part of YouTube towards addressing these kinds of complaints. As we look at his page here, Drama Alert, he has 5.5 million subscribers. Every single video he does has 1.2, 1.6, 1.5 million views on it. Now, for comparison's sake, the Hoglaw YouTube channel is very, very happy with a thousand views for a video. And while we would love to have this shared more around, we understand legal analysis is perhaps not as exciting as YouTube drama. So we don't begrudge anybody that. But suffice it to say, YouTube is saying right here that they are happy to go without this money, but not forever. And I do think that's going to show a difference of opinion between the keen stars of the world and various other YouTubers, including another YouTuber by the name of Tipster. Now, Tipster, I believe, is coming to my comments with respect to the videos that I did on the legalities of the Susie Lou situation, which is a video series that you can check out. It's only a couple of videos where we talked about various kinds of legal claims that people were making against her, how fair use operates in the anime reaction sphere. But you can see here on his video, he says that he has been demonetized and he actually put up the screen that he received from YouTube on this particular issue. It says, your channel is no longer eligible to monetize. In our review, we found content on your channel that is not in line with the following guidelines. To monetize, your ch channel must comply with all of YouTube's monetization policies. And the main item here, even with his 75,000 subscribers, all these watch hours, is that they found that his channel was harassment content that threatens individuals or insults them based on intrinsic attributes, such as their protected group status or physical traits, is not allowed on YouTube. Now, I strongly suspect that that is not exactly what YouTube is aimed at with respect to these videos on commenters, on YouTube drama. I know that they get a little bit uh, feisty with respect to their insults and their name calling, and I don't generally partake in their channels myself, but what we are talking about here is not necessarily what's related specifically to group status or physical traits, but the actual act of inducing drama on YouTube itself. That seems to be what YouTube is reacting to. And in fact, in a tweet yesterday from Keemstar, he described this bullet in their monetization and other penalties policy, which we're going to look at in just a second, as quote unquote new. This new bullet's 
point that YouTube added seems to target the entire com commentary community. I really hope we get more clarification on what that line actually means. The way it's written seems like if some YouTubers have a beef, you can't make a video talking about it. Now, here's where I talk to you about this particular tweet and tell you that it's not new. So Keemstar thinks this was a reaction to what he did, what H3H3 did, and a reaction to all of YouTube in general. It's not new. As a matter of fact, I did a video back in December of last year called Harassing the Harassers, where we read YouTube's new harassment guidelines as of, I believe it was December 11th. As we look here, we see December 11th, 2019. And though it's difficult to see, you can see the fourth bullet right here at the bottom of monetization and other penalties. Creates content that harms the YouTube ecosystem by persistently inciting hostility between creators for personal financial gain. So Keemstar's reacting to this, and I don't necessarily blame them for reacting to the ambiguities in the Google policies, but it is worth noting that Google stated at the end of last year, six plus months ago, that they intended to start looking at these issues in this way. And this harassment policy was in response to another YouTube beef and Twitter feud between Steven Crowder and Carlos Maza and YouTube trying to get out as a business, as a brand from essentially looking like the place where various people go and yell insults at each other. And you can disagree with that approach to their business model, but it is clear that that is the approach that they have elected to take. So while the Keemstars of the world are right to say, hey, that means that we can't comment on a YouTube beef or it's very difficult for us to because we don't know what they mean by this language, it's not new. YouTube declared that this is what they were going to do late last year. And in fact, we had highlights in this in virtual legality before. And I want to talk to you a little bit again about how problematic this particular policy is because of all the arbitrary power that YouTube retains for itself. So they say what this means for you, don't post content on YouTube if it fits any of the descriptions noted below. Content that features prolonged name calling or malicious insults or that is intended to shame, deceive, or insult a minor. So step one, you have to know whether who you're talking about is a minor because YouTube takes that more seriously, probably rightly so, but you need to know it. And then you start getting into all this ambiguity. What is prolonged name calling? So I can name call once and that's not prolonged. If I do it in only one video, is that not prolonged? Are you looking at multiple videos? And I can insult, but I can't maliciously insult. Okay, so all of this comes down to what YouTube decides to make an issue of in the moment that YouTube decides to make an issue of it. Now they do offer some exceptions, but as we see here looking at it legally, it's all permissive on the side of YouTube. We may allow content that includes harassment. We may. That includes we may not. But this is not a free pass to harass someone. We'll know it when we see it. Also, we take a harder line on content that maliciously insults someone based on their protected group status. Again, the maliciously there. Does that imply that if you just insult someone on their protected group status, you're okay? I don't think that's what YouTube means, but their language here is unclear. And if we look at their list of protected group statuses, it's a little bit longer than the Civil Rights Act in the United States might have. It includes things like gender identity and expression, sexual orientation, veteran status, which I found to be interesting. You can't maliciously insult someone for being a veteran on YouTube because that's in their protected classes list. Very interesting. Obviously here in virtual legality, we don't have ad hominem attacks on anybody 
But it is interesting to see how difficult some of the standards that YouTube is setting can be to meet for others that want to walk a little bit closer to the line. And speaking of walking closer to the line, we will get to that in just a minute as well. Now, here we are at monetization and other penalties. In some rare cases, we may remove content or issue other penalties when a creator, and here are the four bullets, repeatedly encourages abusive audience behavior. Now, unfortunately, the internet is such that outrage mobs and general group behavior can happen regardless of whether or not a content creator wants it to happen. So I do think this should be more specifically focused on actually telling your group to go and attack someone else. Encourages is a weasel word in the law, and it's one that gives me great pause. If I were lawyering this, if I had a client that was able to negotiate these bullet points, one thing that I might ask for is that you have to expressly encourage, expressly request that absolutely we don't want YouTubers out there saying, go mob, attack that person. But if they just say, I don't like this person and here's why, I don't think they're thinking these things through. I think they have bad ideas, et cetera, et cetera. And I happen to command 5.5 million subscribers, a certain amount of things are going to happen. So maybe you say you can't repeatedly expressly request abusive behavior from your audience. Or maybe if you are even close to that line, after you cross a certain threshold, you take certain steps to say, okay, when I say these things, you aren't to go and brigade and otherwise attack these other people, which I know a number of really good YouTubers already do. The next bullet repeatedly targets, insults, and abuses an identifiable individual based on those intrinsic attributes across multiple uploads. So one, this one specifically says we aren't talking about a single video. So it's repeatedly. You're allowed to target, insult, and abuse an identifiable individual based on one upload. But if we do multiple uploads and we decide that it repeatedly targets that person, we can ding you. If you expose an individual to risks of physical harm based on the local, social, or political context, that's likely to be some kind of doxing type question, that you show them to be something that they are claiming that they are not, that they are living in a specific country that might cause them trouble, et cetera, et cetera. Probably okay for these kinds of bullet points because that's pretty quantifiable. Exposes is a little bit better than encourages in terms of the law and in terms of what we can react to. And then this final bullet point that everybody is responding to right now. If you create content that harms the YouTube ecosystem. So first of all, that's the first element of their claim. You have to be creating content that harms the YouTube ecosystem. Now they get to decide that for themselves, but it's interesting that someone could get up to 5.5 million subscribers doing whatever it is that they do and probably wouldn't be considered as harming the YouTube ecosystem when you have all those views, you have all those advertising dollars. You would have to do something new. You'd have to do something different. And unfortunately, I personally don't have the connection, don't have the understanding of what Keemstar has done for the past number of years versus what he did over the last couple of months to decide whether it was different enough that that kind of qualifier should be met. But suffice it to say that YouTube has to make that determination. And then you have to persistently incite hostility between creators. Now, note how this all works. It doesn't mean between yourself and another creator. We're talking about, in specific, Keemstar and another creator having an argument themselves. This actually talks about not only that, because you're going to be a creator either way, but a video channel that is designed to create feuds, that is designed to say, hey, did you see what this person said about you? And you, did you see what that person responded to you with? That that, for personal financial gain, advertising dollars, 
is not going to be something that YouTube allows. So that when Keemstar says, hey, can we even discuss this beef? I think he's right to say, YouTube doesn't want that. YouTube doesn't want you doing that. Now, YouTube also bound itself a little bit because what do they say happens when you violate this particular harassment policy? They actually give specific rules. This is actually what they say will happen. If your content violates this policy, we will remove the content and send you an email to let you know. Now, I don't know whether that happened with Keemstar or Tipster or anyone else that has claimed demonetization and that I couldn't verify otherwise. If this is your first time violating our community guidelines, you will get a warning with no penalty to your channel. I don't know whether there was removal. I don't know whether there was notice. I don't know whether there was a warning. And if it's not, we will issue a strike against your channel. Neither of these individuals are reporting strikes. They're simply reporting that they have been kicked out of the partnership program for a month or two weeks or whatever the time frame is that YouTube has decided. If you then get three strikes, your channel will be terminated and you can learn about our strike system here. So it's worth noting that what we're talking about already is not what YouTube has said they are going to do in this particular case, at least not in their more legally operative documents. On this December 11th date, when they adopted this, they also put out a blog post that talked about what they wanted to do about harassment. And we went over this in virtual legality in that earlier video. If you're interested in a 45 plus minute discussion of that, I highly recommend it. We went over every line in a little bit more detail. Please check it out. But they say something completely separate from the rule that we just read. Consequences for a pattern of harassing behavior. Something we heard from our creators is that harassment sometimes takes the shape of a pattern of repeated behavior across multiple videos or comments, even if any individual video doesn't cross our policy line. Now, this is going to be the theme of this paragraph, and this is a significant problem for a rule of law, lawyer-type person like myself. What they are saying is that we didn't draft our rules to actually describe what it is that we want to punish. So there are things that we can't punish, but we are going to anyway. To address this, we are tightening our policies for the YouTube Partner Program to get even tougher on those who engage in harassing behavior, which again, they say in the first sentence, didn't cross their policy line. So they are stealing a base by saying and describing it as harassing behavior in the second sentence and to ensure we reward only trusted creators. Channels that repeatedly brush up against our harassment policy will be suspended from the partnership program, eliminating their ability to make money on YouTube. That is what happened. That is what we are discussing right now. This is what I would hope these various YouTubers that are facing these new notices would look at as the paragraph that describes what YouTube wanted to do and what they are apparently now doing. But as a lawyer, I look at this and say, I'm sorry, you're going to penalize people not for crossing the line, but for being quote unquote smart enough to walk right up to the line and not violate it. That goes outside the spirit of what your rules should be. If you want rules that say that X, Y, or Z is a violation, then write them that way. When you talk about punishing people for brushing up against rules, it means you're talking about punishing people for not violating what you wrote down. 
We may also remove content from channels if they repeatedly harass someone. And if this behavior continues, we will take more severe action, including issuing strikes or terminating a channel altogether. Which, as it turns out, is the mission statement for YouTube on these questions. When we go, when we look at a demonetization statement like this one says, hey, you were found to be harassing. You can come back in a month. Otherwise, you are out. It is entirely reflective of this particular blog paragraph. And unfortunately, what they have also said here is that we don't need to prove that you violated anything. And in fact, we are acknowledging that when we use this particular penalty and we don't use this particular penalty, that you didn't cross the line. We're not going to remove the content. We're not going to send you an email. We're not going to give you a notice. We're not going to issue a strike. We are just going to remove your ability to make money on our platform, which is arguably worse. And if you aren't Keemstar, you probably aren't getting away with two weeks. You probably aren't getting away with even a month if you don't have 75,000 subscribers. In general, YouTube is trying to squash this. And while I know a number of you that are watching this video or listening to this as a podcast will disagree with that move, thinking that it's getting rid of the you and YouTube and going all corporate media, and I don't think you're necessarily wrong on that score, they are permitted to pursue that if that is what they want to do. But as a lawyer, based on the rules that they've written, I absolutely hate this brush up against. We understand that you didn't cross our policy line and we're going to punish you anyway. So no, the rule isn't new. The rule is silly. And this paragraph is silly. And it's absolutely impossible to know when YouTube's partner program, YouTube, Team YouTube, whoever else is in charge of these things, will deem you to have brushed up against the line one too many times. And no, this isn't a defense of harassment. This isn't a defense of legitimate bad acts. In fact, I'm all in favor of people calling that stuff out and saying, we don't want ad hominem attacks. We don't like those kinds of insults directed at people. And YouTube could write their rules better to better articulate what you can and cannot do. And I am sure somebody that's making millions on YouTube would do their darndest to comply on the right side of the line of those rules. As a matter of fact, that's what YouTube has identified here is the problem. When we write a rule, they don't cross the line and we still need some kind of stick to hit them with. And so we've just declared that the YouTube partnership program will be able to take money away even if people don't cross that harassment policy line. That's the problem with the rules as they set out. Yes, they declared them in December. No, I don't think it is a useful metric for YouTubers in general to be able to rely upon. And that's going to continue to be a problem for these channels and more. This has been Virtual Legality for today. If you enjoyed this video, please like, subscribe, ring bells, tell people that we are here. We talk about these kinds of issues all the time. We recently talked about Twitch being attacked by the DMCA or Sony issuing DMCA takedown notices on a whole handful of YouTubers that didn't seem to comply with the DMCA legal requirements. In general, we talk about business and law through the lens of pop culture, media, video games, movies, television, and everything else. If you saw this on YouTube, thank you so much for watching. And if you listen to it as a podcast, thank you so much for listening. And I will catch you on the very next episode of Virtual Legality. Virtual Legality is a YouTube video series with audio podcast versions presented as commentary and for education and entertainment purposes only. 
It does not constitute legal advice and does not create an attorney-client relationship. If you have legal questions about the topics discussed, please consult your own legal counsel.